You're listening to My Solo Road by Divine Media. Hello, friends. Welcome back to My Solo Road. It is Sydney, your host. I am so excited for today. I am actually sitting in the new van as I speak live in the new van. And it's just so beautiful, it's so perfect. I actually just posted on Instagram talking about the new van a little bit because I don't think I realized that the expectations would be such a quick turnaround to show everyone the van. Like maybe a lot of people just didn't really think that hard into it, which would make sense, like why would you? But when someone delivers you a brand new van or you move into a new home, even if it's beautiful, it's like not your home yet. You look at it and it's like bare bones, you know? Like there's like no life into it yet. You haven't like breathed any coziness, any home into it. Like it's just a house and like when they delivered this van to me or I went and picked it up, it wasn't delivered, but you know what I'm saying? It was gorgeous and I'm obsessed with it, but it's like not really a home yet. So I'm trying to turn it into that quickly, but I realized that like everyone was kind of expecting me to share it right away and I just I didn't know that was gonna be the case. And so I am doing everything as fast as possible, but I just posted on Instagram, like I said, to please be patient with me, please be kind. I'm gonna say this on the podcast. Now I'm like nervous about it, but I'm actually not planning on sharing the full van tour until after I've returned from Costa Rica because there are really just two like visual things in the van that are gonna make it even better that the guys are gonna do while I'm in Costa Rica. I'm actually gonna be giving the van back to them for those like 10, 11 days. And they're gonna do a couple more things that's gonna make the van even better, which we always had planned. They just didn't have time to do it. And I really, really wanted it. A lot of you guys were like crazy timing that you picked up the van right before your birthday. I told them I wanted to spend my birthday in the van no no matter like what was done. And so the guy who was building it, his name is Ike. Shout out to him. He is phenomenal. He works at SoCal Custom Vans, who are my van builders. But Ike was the one to build it. He was putting in like 14 hour days, pulled several all-nighters. Like I follow him on Instagram and he would be posting at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. just doing random things trying to get this van ready by my birthday so that I could spend my birthday in the van and so I they in fact did you know they delivered on that promise so I was able to have my birthday in here and try and turn this van into kind of a home and everything before I leave for Costa Rica but they were not able to finish just a couple things and so anyways this is like long story long but I guess that's what the podcast is for I am not going to share the van tour until the those things are finished and I can show you what my real van is going to look like and what it feels like. And yeah, I just, the expectations are high and I know that and I'm ready to, you know, meet all of your expectations because this van is like the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I'm so ready for that, but I just need to wait until all of those details are complete so that I can share with you the reality of it, which is that it's like super cool and I want it to look perfect. And so anyways, that's the long story. Yeah, sorry if you're disappointed. But uh, like I said, I didn't realize that I was going to like, I said, I'm going to go pick up the van on Sunday. And it was like Sunday at noon and everyone was like, show it. Where is it? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, I'm at Tiny Fest. Birthday's on Tuesday. Like life is happening. I'm, I'm currently sitting in a parking lot with both of my vans. I haven't even sold the other van yet. I'm like playing around with these two vans. Like I park one a street over and then I park the other one a street over. Like I'm trying to dance these vans around San Diego so that I, I don't know. I don't get in trouble and I, I also want them to be near each other so and it's pouring rain not that you know that's besides the fact but moving homes in the pouring rain when you like live in a van not the easiest thing in the entire world anyways I am going to keep sharing pieces of the van before Costa Rica then I'm going to go to Costa Rica with 20 of you and then when I get back I will like full force share it all with you okay anyways uh that's what's happening so Thank you so much for the support though. I really do appreciate it so much. But today's episode, we will be talking to Melody, a dear friend of mine, Mel Sky Bird, Bird spelled B-U-R-D on Instagram. I met her a couple years ago in Mexico. She is just like a badass woman. She does all of these like just insane things. Uh, when I met her, she was about to go to pilot school and learn to be a pilot. This is someone who just like wakes up, you know, I, I don't want to say wakes up and just 
comes up with being a pilot. Like she, she spent several months in Alaska, which we'll talk about. And that really inspired her to want to become a pilot. And so she actually did though. Like, you know how sometimes we just say that? <laughs> no, she like says it and then she like goes to pilot school and starts flying planes. That is wild to me. But I have so much respect for her. I'm so impressed by her every time we hang out. And so I really wanted to introduce her to you guys and vice versa because she just is so impressive and she's very inspiring just in those ways. Like she takes action. She is kind of a busybody in that way. She really likes to have her time filled with activities. She's very extroverted. And so someone like myself, who's very much a homebody and a little more introverted at times, I just feel very inspired by her spirit. And she's super funny, just very, like I said, outgoing. And yeah, so I recorded this episode several days ago when I was in the last van. So I'm not sure if I referred to getting my new van. I think I did. But that way, if it doesn't make a lot of sense, it's because I recorded this several days ago and I was talking about getting the new van. And so, yeah, that might be a little bit confusing. But this is my super cool, fun friend, Melody. Hello, everyone. We are back with Miss Melody, a dear friend that I've had for about two years. I think we met in Mexico for the first time through Sam and Kelly, other good friends who also just did the podcast. So it's good to reconnect. I also finally got to see you again in Joshua Tree recently. Yeah, in the flesh, finally. <laughs> in the flesh. Yeah, was that the first time I've seen you since Mexico? Yeah, which is kind of how this always ends up. <laughs> it's like, how long has it been? A whole year? Great. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what people always are like, oh, you probably get to see your friends all the time because you live in a van. You can just connect with them. And I'm like, no, I'm on opposite sides of the country somehow all the time than everyone. Like we're never Constantly. in the same place. Yeah. 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 Never. Well, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I had like a really productive day, but it was a travel day. So I went from Palm Springs to Phoenix and then I'm headed down to Tucson tomorrow to do a motorcycle class, which is great. But I don't know. January and February have been good. They've been kind of slower than usual, which has felt really good travel wise. And now it's about to just blast off again. Like my March through August is insane, <laughs> but it's great. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's fun. I, I like a good, yeah. sl like slower start to the year. I feel like might actually feel quite nice. Yeah. It's been so different every year that I've been on the road. It was like super fast first year, very fast last year. We did Baja, which was just like, you know, constantly trucking around and figuring out where to sleep and eat and translating all the time. And then this year I just like have been, kind of been in the desert for two whole months, which feels insane. But yeah, no, it's been nice. The slow start to the year. I should start doing more often for sure. Yeah. Are you like a desert girl or are you like mountains, ocean? What's your vibe? What's your favorite place to be oh in the van? That's a really, that's a hot question. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I feel like I am so happy. I'm like such a chameleon in that wherever I am, I'm like, oh, this is the best, but I do love mm -hmm. the desert. I feel like if I could stay in Southern Utah forever, I would just live there forever. But then I get to trees and ocean and I'm like, blues and greens are my favorite, like screw oranges and reds. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, totally. What about you? You're like more of an ocean girl. I am. Henry really loves like Southern Utah. He loves loves Moab. He loves like the, he loves the oranges and the reds and those colors. There's something, it obviously is beautiful. When I travel to those places, I can see them and be like, wow, this is stunning. But it's one of those things where it doesn't like speak to the soul, you know, which I know for people listening, that's it, so yeah. embarrassing to say. And I know that that sounds so lame, but it's like, there is a feeling of like energy kind of difference between a beautiful place and a place where you're like, oh my God, this feels like I've lived here for a thousand lifetimes. Why do I love it so much? hundred freaking percent. Yeah, and that's how I feel. I feel that way in like the woods, foresty, like the mountains of like uh, Montana and stuff. I like lots of trees. I just like having a million trees in sight. I just think there's something super cool about it. It's so calming for sure. I feel like I'm honestly split 50-50. Like if you dropped me in like a canyon in Utah and just left me there, I'd be happy as a clam. But then I get up to Alaska and I'm like, this is where I'm staying forever. <laughs> and so like, yeah. it's literally either or. It's either Utah or it's Alaska and everything in between is lovely, but those are the extremes I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's something yeah. about the air. Like I like to, like in Southern Utah, when I breathe in, I'm just like, like literally I get a stuffy nose every single time I'm there. Cause you're just, you're just <laughs> inhaling dirt. But when I go to Montana and I like take a deep breath in, it's like cold, crispy air. And I'm just like, oh my Oof. God, I feel like I'm literally filling my body with health. Like I feel like it's I just got, I'm like, <laughs> if I had an ailment when I showed up here, it's legit gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. There is something so, you're right. I love that crisp air, but there's something about the sage of the desert too. Like that sweet sweetness that I'm like, yes. I kind of feel the same. I love that we can just breathe in somewhere and love it. 
I know that's Henry Lee talks about the sage too. That's like his thing in in that area. It's so nostalgic. There's like something about that smell that I instantly. I mean, sometimes you smell it down here in like Southern California too, and immediately I'm like, nope, I need to be in Utah, or like, nope, I need to be yeah. in the Sierras. It's like such a scent mind connection thing. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And yeah, it's funny. Henry and I have always been slightly different. We love it everywhere, like you said, but we've always felt like cold to different kinds of places. Okay, well, I... That's why you're good and very compatible. True, <laughs> true. We just end up going to both all different seasons. We go to all of them. Okay, I want to start from the very beginning. I always end up doing this in like the middle of the podcast. And today I sat down and I was like, no, let's just get to the beginning. And then we're going to just paint the full picture for the people now. And for me, because I'm sure <laughs> that I don't know everything just yet. So where did you grow up? I grew up in the South. So uh, I was born in Florida, raised in Georgia, then college in South Carolina. So I stayed like below the Mason-Dixon for the first 18 years of my life. <laughs> or like 20, yeah, 21 to college. Uh, okay, cool. So you grew up in the South, which I feel like is slightly different than a lot of people that we meet on the road. A lot of people are from the West Coast already. We know this because they grew up seeing vans, hence they're on the, like, on the road and whatever. What was life like for you in the South? Did you guys travel like growing up? Yeah, we definitely definitely did. It was like, my parents are huge road trip people. We have several, <laughs> we have success and horror stories of everybody like throwing all of the kids in the cars and driving from Georgia, like out to Colorado or like up to like four corners over in the Southwest was like a huge memory for me when I was a kid. Yeah. My parents were like huge road trippers. So I come by it honestly, but we did a lot of outdoor stuff. I remember not really, honestly, really liking the outdoors all that much until I got a bit older. And then also like when the transition from Sophie's to Nike running shorts came out, and like all of a sudden your like legs could like move freely or at least that was mine <laughs> yeah I remember what really, a funny transition I know well I was like I was a kid and I was like a little chubby in the south and like Sophie's were like the devil because if your legs touched mm -hmm. at all it was not a great scene <laughs> so I remember yeah. the, the Nike running shorts coming out being being like I think I could be outside a lot more often like I love this but yeah huge road tripping family grew up going outside a lot yeah growing up in the south was actually kind of great it was like super suburban really hot really muggy I was in band in high school, so I was outside all the time during the summers, being a huge nerd. But it was like it was a blast. <laughs> Wait, what did you what did you play? Uh, saxophone. I marched saxophone. <gasps> yeah, do you play Stop sax? Stop it. Oh no, but Henry is obsessed with the sax. <laughs> Honestly, that's gonna be his new like favorite thing about you. Oh he is gonna die. I love that. If he doesn't already know that, but he's obsessed with the sax. Yeah, that's so random and so cool of you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I marched alto and then I played Barry in the jazz band. I like double down. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I did that. And then I conducted my senior year too. So I was the person like flapping their hands in the front. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, wow, well exciting. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have a lot of sisters. I have one biological little. Her name is Rena. And then I have two older stepsisters named Anna and Emma. And so they're kind of spread out. Raina's in Boston and then Anna and Emma are in Denver. And then I have an older half sister as well, too. So all girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So many girls. Are you guys like out, all outdoorsy girls or are you the outdoorsy girl? No, I definitely can't claim that. My two sisters who live in Colorado are like super crazy outdoorsy. But no, mm. I think we all really like the outside. It's kind of like it was part of the fabric of growing up, I think, in the South as well, too. Too. Like my parents were very stereotypical, like go outside type of people. They were like, go play outside, get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And so that was really, it kind of, yeah, ingrained some good stuff into us. But I honestly didn't get super into it until I moved to the West Coast. Right. Because from Georgia, I moved up to New York City and there was not a lot of outside in New York City, but I like started rock climbing when I was there. And then when I moved to the West Coast uh, in 2015, that's when I really started like hitting it hard. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you are literally Henry. I'm so lost in the sauce. He also started, I mean, I don't ever talk about him this often in a random podcast, but like he... Well, it's because we also know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also, I mean, yeah. I'm, you guys know that each other, that you lived in New York City, but he also started rock climbing like in New York City, which I just feel like is such a random hobby to get into while living in such a big city. That's so true. There's except, but there's like a really healthy rock climbing culture that's there because there's uh, this range of mountains called the Gunks that's north of New York City. And it's like classic east coast rock climbing so there's like a fair amount of people who city they like gym climb in the city and then they'll go north to the gunks during the weekends and stuff and so like there's kind of like a healthy pipeline for it but yeah i don't know mm. i just got i fell into a group of i was dating a guy at the time who got really into rock climbing and then obviously by proxy i also got really into rock climbing and yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was just an amazing 
weird thing to like go to work at 30 Rock, which is like well, I was working for DirecTV at the time, and then like go rock climbing afterwards. It was just like a strange, I don't know, it's a dichotomy. Yeah. Are you still into rock climbing? Yeah. Obsessed. I feel like I've been doing it since New York, so like over about 10 years. And I like have come in and out of the sport with like veering intensity and like love for it. But recently I've really started getting back into it, just like learning skills from women as, as opposed to learning skills from men, which is kind of how I started the foundation. Mm. And that's been honestly so much fun because just, I don't know, we teach things differently and we relate differently. And so it's been really freaking cool to be climbing with some badass lady climbers. It's been the best. That's so cool. I would love to get into rock climbing. I like dabbled. <sighs> I dabbled for like a summer and then I just completely stopped. And I don't think I ever mentioned it like one time online because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get so roasted. Even though the climbing community is honestly, <laughs> no, nobody loves a newbie like the climbing community. I feel like everyone. That is so true. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves to teach the, like a beginner as long like you know I, like as long as they knew I was a beginner and that was going to be the type of climb that we would be doing everyone was always really nice but then I just like totally stopped and haven't done it in like three years but it is it's a great time okay yeah connect with me and teach me <laughs> you and me. <laughs> Whenever you're not like gallivanting off to international locations and like doing all, you know, you have a crazy awesome life. So whenever you get some downtime, you and me, I rock climbing, let's go. It's honestly just this year. I have not done much international travel in a very long time, but this year is, I think I bit off slightly more than I can chew. It was essentially... That's the way to do it. I know. One year ago, I was just talking about this on my stories and then I deleted my stories because I was like, this to me sounds like someone who's like, wow, wow, I'm so busy. But I, <laughs> that's not at all what I mean. I fully wake up every day being like, I cannot believe that this is going to be the year I'm having. This is my life. I'm so happy. But about a year ago, I was like actually kind of not depressed, but like I was just not feeling it. I was in the super old van and I wanted something new. Henry and I weren't going to be buying a house for a little while. I just didn't have any projects going on. So I launched five Trova trips, started the clothing line, tried to like, you know, continue with the coffee thing. I kicked off with a couple more platforms. Like that's when I started YouTube. I just like started doing all these things. And now the brand new van, which was like, a, obviously it's a huge deal. And now like, a year later, all of those things are coming to fruition at the exact same time. Like it was all fun and games. The momentum yeah, like, catching up. It was all up. fun and games last year. It really picked up the mood. My energy immediately went up, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" I have all these things to do now. It was so fun, and now I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm I'm launching. Um, one million things at one time. Like, how did it all happen within the same month? I don't know. Anyways, side tangent. I feel like that's, no, that's like how it goes though. And also like game recognized game. I'm like a <laughs> constant body in motion. Like, I feel like I can't, when I slow down, I feel like I'll die. But it's one of those things that, yeah, I feel like if you have a moment of like respite, sometimes our brains start going, okay, well, what's coming up? Yeah. And then you just tick, 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 tick until. Yeah, yeah. until there's just. And so the momentum's catching up. It's yeah. I, and so this year is going to be a doozy, but it's probably going to be the best year like one of the best years of my entire life so I'm super pumped I'm so excited for you thank you <laughs> uh, I'm so excited as well okay so when did you move away from home like home home was that Georgia that yeah moved away from so grew up in Atlanta so moved away from Atlanta um, for college went to school in South Carolina USC and Columbia <laughs> for all the West Coasters listening USC is University of South Carolina not Southern California <laughs> mm, <got laughs> huge <it>. deal <laughs> but like the clap back from USC kids on the East Coast is we were a state before you were a school so we get to claim USC <laughs> Ooh, I don't care at all funny. but yeah and true yeah. So yeah, moved away during college to South Carolina and then took a job in Oklahoma. So I graduated, I ended up graduating early from college because I came in with a lot of credits from high school. And in the kind of gap in between, I knew I wanted to move to New York right after college. And in the gap in between, my dad's like, how about you come work for me in Oklahoma? He was doing a job in Oklahoma. So for like a hot nine months, I worked in Oklahoma before moving to New York. And that's like a weird blip yeah. <laughs> on the resume. But yeah, so left home when I was in high school, went to college. And then yeah, from college, went almost straight to New York. What made you go to New York? Oh my God. Just the fact that I was absolutely freaking obsessed with the city. I like, my dad knew that I was obsessed with city and he had like a business meeting up there. And I think I want to say I was like 14 or 15. And so he was being a real cool dad. And he's like, why don't you fly up? Like you can like go from the airport to the hotel by yourself. Like, you know, then like you can just hang out with me for the weekend. And I remember just getting off the plane and being like, oh my God, I'm moving here immediately. Like I was obsessed. <laughs> I like went and bought myself a little bagel. It was like the most freedom I'd ever had. And to me, that's like what? Oh, New oh York, God. like, symbolized for me. So, like, the second I came away from that trip, I'm like, yeah, I'm moving to New York immediately. <laughs> Whenever I have means. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 
I was obsessed with it and I loved living there and leaving for the West Coast, leaving New York was like honestly one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. I had like so much friends. I loved my time there and it felt like I was leaving the center of the universe, which I'm sure, I don't know, maybe Uh anybody who lived there can relate, but it was such a blast. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So what made you leave? Why'd you go to the West Coast? I got a job offer on the West Coast. So I uh, did journalism in school and journalism in fashion merchandising, hilariously, because now I wear like the same five pairs of yoga pants like every day, all day. (laughs) But I did fashion merchandising and journalism and moved to New York to kind of like have a go at that. And then while I was up there trying to, to make that work, I just fell into tech writing. So I did copywriting and content strategy. Eventually, I was working for DirecTV for their like NFL which was hilarious because I have no idea how football works. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like a room full of women. Like I think the entire design team was all women. And we were like, what do men in Idaho want? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one knew anything, but it was great. And then, yeah, I did that for a couple of years and then got a job offer from like a real deal tech company out in California. And so they paid for me to move out. And it's one of those moments where like, if you have the opportunity on a silver platter to move to California, you mm-hmm. don't really say no. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got out West. Yeah. Cool. And then how'd you find your van? How'd you find van life, I guess? I don't really know, actually. So like living, I moved out in 2015 to the West Coast and it's just kind of part of the culture out there. Like even though there weren't really that many, like the volume of it obviously wasn't as big as it is now. I mean, when did you start doing your van? 2017. Yeah. So you were like probably the first wave of, of like people doing it full time, at least that I was aware of. But I knew that it was something that was amazing. We were like, we were weekend warriors when I was there with my ex. And it was kind of like, we would drive like routinely like four to six hours every Friday to go do stuff in the mm-hmm. mountains to go do like anything and I started feeling like it was really dumb that we had to come back to a city at the end of everything it's like I work on the internet like at that point we were all in uh, the office and stuff like that but I started kind of getting the Uh idea around like 2018 that I wanted to do it full time then 2019 happened and then 2020 and as soon as my job went remote like within like two weeks (laughs) I was like cool this is exactly what I'm gonna do this was the clearance I needed this is it and then I just blasted off it was nuts oh my god so cool I love that so many people were able to do that when I mean the pandemic generally speaking awful thing but it did it did did, (laughs) I'm laughing at Melody nodding her head the way she just did that funny um very vigorously like yeah real bad not good Um, but I also do love that it was it was a positive thing for some people and people were able to like leave the life that they had before that they were trying to get out of it like kind of was a gateway for a lot of people to do that and I love that so I love that you were able to you're one of many who ended up hitting the road during that time which is super cool what van did you end up going with and why um, so eventually I was first actually in my SUV for seven months just because I was oh, like, right. who knows? I didn't know if I was going to like it, whether I was going to be lonely. I mean, like a huge reason of why I even left to go on the road solo was like, I've been in relationships for like the past 10 years and I'm like, what, who even are you alone? I grew up in mm-hmm. a big family. It was just kind of those things where like, I just literally had no idea how, if I'd like it or not. So I was in my SUV for seven months, decided I was obsessed with living nomadically, realized I needed to do some change with like work-life balance and like what type of work I was doing, which we can get into that. <laughs> Wait, so were you working full time from your SUV? I was leading a team Stop. from my SUV <laughs> from like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> were you taking meetings in the back of an SUV? I'm so dead. That is yes, so that's amazing. <laughs> it was that one of those so things where amazing. I thought it was so fun at the beginning. And then like after a while, I started putting that fake background on because I could not every single day I was in a different place. And I got really sick of being like, so where are you? Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> and mm-hmm. also like, who knows if yeah. that's unprofessional or not? We'll see. CBD, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my so, God. That's so amazing. Yeah. So I was in my SUV, decided I loved it. And then at the end of, so beginning of 2021 was when I made like the huge shift and like sold my car, broke my lease, did all of that stuff. Um, and I ended up buying a Ford Transit high roof, which you're about to move into. Oh wait, you have a high roof right now, right? Oh, hell yeah. I'm 5'10". There's no chance. That's right. Honestly, <laughs> I respectfully right. look at mid roofs and I'm always like, I, you could be five foot tall. And I'm like, why did you do that to yourself? Just tell me why. Yeah, I know. I'm 5'6", and that would be like literally yeah, right at it the just, top. I feel like uh, the mid-roofs, uh, the, the low-roofs, you know what you're getting yourself into. You're just not going to be able to stand up inside. I feel like that's an intentional decision. I feel like a mid-roof sometimes people mm-hmm. think you know what? I'm short. I'll get away with it. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to like a high roof so much more because it just feels so much more spacious. And it's not really that big of a difference. I, the only the biggest difference is like, I think there's way more mid roofs available than a high roof. So it's like harder to get, but yeah. dear God, Henry and I, whenever we see a mid roof, I'm always like, 
I mean, you both are tall not, people. <laughs> I know. Mean, no, no way. it's because we're so tall. I, that sounded judgmental. Not that we were ever judging anyone. We just always, I just can't stand up in them. So when I look at it, all I see is I can't, I'm a hunched over human being being like, what, I just could never. It was, yeah, it was not really ever a question, I think. And also like, I don't know when you're trying to figure out something that you're going to live in for multiple years. Like I built this, like a, like a real right. apartment and you want to be able to do everything that you're doing in a real apartment in your van. So like it was kind of a no brainer and thank God I found yeah. one. I feel like I got it like right before they all vanished. I like didn't yeah, even totally give it. Did. Yeah. I didn't even give it any thought. It was just kind of like, Oh yeah, I should probably be like, you know, it's on my list of things to do. I should probably buy the van today. And like, thank God there just was one in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so then I ended up buying it there and then finally go pick it up. But yeah, that was crazy lucky I feel like yeah that was super lucky did you build out your van yourself or did you have someone build it out I did my family thank god they are all in construction so I have uh, two sets of parents <laughs> I have, they are all a mixture of architects mechanical engineers civil engineers and general contractors so um yeah I was like team assemble and <laughs> we all built the van right but yeah so I did the bones in Arizona with my uh, mom and my stepdad and they helped me do like all of the base level work like the electrical and the plumbing and the like the framework and stuff and then my moved the show on over to my other parents, uh, my dad and my stepmother, who helped me do all the finishes. So, like, it was a three-month push where I thought I was going to die many times. <laughs> but, yeah, it ended up being freaking awesome. I mean, it's still holding together, and that's a while later, so thank God. Yeah, I mean, you have a beautiful van. For everybody listening, it is, if you're into the really, like, some people just are not, they don't really mind if it's aesthetic or if it's not aesthetic. Like, they want more, they're more focused on efficiency and function. Like, that's kind of Henry's style. Uh, my style is definitely yeah. much more aesthetic, and I want it to feel like I'm in something beautiful and Melody has like a very 100%. beautiful van that you just want to you're just like oh. every every corner is like it's just so nice and pretty <laughs> it's very cozy thank you yeah you did a great job is there do you have a favorite thing about your build and then one thing that you would change if you did it again Ooh, I honestly this is gonna sound so some kind of way but like I'm obsessed with the van I'm like obsessed with every single bit of it it's not perfect she's like delightfully quirky I feel like most homemade vans are but mm-hmm. I love it I feel like the decoration once I finally like figured out what the hell I was gonna do the decoration is kind of one of my favorite bits yeah and then if I had to do it again mm-hmm. honestly I probably would redo my kitchen it's just I didn't really optimize like storage space really well so I have like some pots and pans like in higher cabinets which I would rather just have them in like a lower drawer mm-hmm. but I got away with only making like one drawer, thank God, which if you've ever built a van, you know, is a horrific waste of time. But yeah, (laughs) some people really love it. I was terrible at it. So yeah. Well, it sounds like, yeah, I know you've always really like loved the functionality of your van and everything, which I feel like you got so not just lucky, you put a lot of time and attention into it, but a lot of people have to like go to their second or their third van to really fall in love with the build and kind of redo things. And you're just like chilling so happy in your van and you're like, no, this, no, she's it. Billy, your van name, name's <laughs> Billy. Yeah. That's so yeah, true. It's beautiful. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed. I feel like that's pretty me though. It's like, once I do it, I'm like, great, this is great. I feel like I don't like sit in like wallowing yeah. sadness ever or like wish that things have been different, but yeah, <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing. I know that I let my current van go too long without basic functions, but that generally is, that is why I was okay with it is because it was like, this is the van I have today. And I'm either like, I'm fine. Like I literally am fine. I don't care. And so it is funny because once I was getting the things fixed on this van recently, everybody was like, you, what do you mean? You don't have lights. And I was like, listen, I know it's ridiculous, but when it gets dark outside, my van just gets dark. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> then that's it. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like what, what do you want me to do? Like there's, I don't like reaching out to a bunch of people being like, Hey, will you fix my van up for me? Like, I don't know why that makes me feel so, like super weird. And so it wasn't until I was in the same place as Travis where I was like, Hey, you literally do fix fans and you're a friend. And so I would love to like hire Help, you please. to do this. <laughs> yes. Dear God, please give me light. Like, oh my God. I can't, like genuinely cannot believe. I mean, I don't know. I guess I didn't really have water for the first year. I didn't have running water for the first year I had the van either. I just had like one of those big green seven gallon ones. Yeah. Cause it was just kind of like, well, I have water, but it just like, doesn't like, it doesn't right. come out of a faucet, <laughs> which I felt like seemed insane to some people. They're like, but you have a fully functioning van. Otherwise, why don't you just freaking do the plumbing? And I'm like, that just seems like a lot of work. And like, I just really right. don't want to do it yet. <laughs> but it looks like the plumbing works and that yeah. is important <laughs> i had a big gold faucet and that looked great and then nope nothing comes out though <laughs> <laughs> so you can still use the sink so it's fine yeah 
It's fine. Okay, so one of my favorite things about you is that you are like hobby queen. Mm -hmm. You are the queen of all hobbies and you just are always going from kind of hobby to hobby while maintaining the others as well. And I feel like I'm someone who I look at like every hobby and I want to jump into them so badly, but there's always like a resistance to actually doing it because I think I'm like, I'm just very nervous about it. And I, I don't like not being good at it, which is off, like, hello, I've never Ooh. done it before. Of course, I'm not going to be good, but I, I, I'm like worried about the embarrassment I will feel at other people seeing <laughs> me be so bad. And so then in theory, oh, yeah, in theory, yeah. I don't care. So like, I'll buy the roller skates. I got roller skates and I was like, you're going to love this. And then I went to literally go put them on. And I was like, there's people around. I can't just be, I'm going to <laughs> fall and die. And there's people just watching me like, because I don't know if you've been on a set of roller skates. You can barely stand up on those motherfuckers. Okay. Yep. I, yep. I was like a, I mean my, if just imagine like my left foot going forward and my right foot going back like rapidly and just then opposite, opposite. And I'm just like, just so I was like uncontrollably walking anyways, the side note. And so I, but I always see something online like I'm sure I was down a roller skate rabbit hole on TikTok and I was like that looks amazing that's gonna be my new hobby but then oh my god because everybody was skating during 2020 too they all looked so cool doing it they all had little fits on right, but like I don't know where to learn because I don't like doing things in front of people and so then Henry and I went to a like rock climbing gym one time and this was just probably six months ago and I haven't been in a long time and I don't even remember what happened but like I, this is what I mean in theory, it sounds so fun. I'm like, we should go rock climbing. I, it was my idea to go that day. I wanted to do the roller skating. But then in the moment, I get embarrassed. My face gets red. I get like social anxiety Aww. and I'm just like, yeah, I get like, I like shut down. And that's what happened at the rock climbing Damn. gym. I got like so quiet and Henry goes, are you shutting down right now? And I go, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good partner who knows who knows your moments 100 percent. so i guess the, my question is like uh first of all what are some of the hobbies you've gotten into in these last couple of years because i know you've bounced around and you've done some of the coolest shit i've ever heard in my life and also how <laughs> are you like not a nervous person or if you i'm sure you do get nervous at times when you're you know starting something new what how do you feel like you overcome those feelings that's a really good question so to, to set the stage a little bit since you asked, I feel like last year I got my pilot's license, which is like, holy shit. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Like entirely new bulk of like information that I had never even considered or thought of before. It's probably the thing that I have underestimated. A skill I have underestimated the most in my entire life is learning how to fly a plane. It, unshockingly, it's hard, but <laughs> <laughs> like didn't think I was just going to waltz in and figure it out. Yeah. So like planes, rock climbing, I mean like I love like being on the water. I'm like trying to think of like tactical skills I've like acquired. Oh, I did like my wilderness first responder training, which is like medical stuff outside, which was like super fun. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> yeah. you did that. <laughs> which is like that's all just more like that was for me that was a little bit more practical because like we're outside all the time. I like hiking and backpacking and rock climbing, and I feel like if shit goes sideways, like I don't want to have to look around and be like, oh, who's gonna help us? Like I want to be the one to help us, just as like a safety thing. But I mean, so in terms of like being nervous and figuring out like who I am going into these things. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm similar to you and like, I don't like being like, no one likes being bad at stuff, you know, like no one like wants to look like a Gumby, but I think I just have accepted mm -hmm. the fact that like, we all are going to look like <laughs> total idiots when we first start out with things. And it just doesn't even cross my mind anymore. I don't get social anxiety a lot. Um, and I really don't get like secondhand embarrassment too much. I don't know how, how or why. Cause I do do a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Who are you? Yeah, I would love to be you. I the, Not getting secondhand embarrassment, oh my God. First of all, I'm the queen of that. I think because of my anxieties, when I see someone who might be in a situation that would be giving them anxiety, I'm always like, I get so nervous for them. I'm just like, oh, I hope oh that they're God. not nervous. I hope that they're not, like, I hope they don't have anxiety. <laughs> that's a really, I think that's a really sweet, empathetic, like, <laughs> that's nice. You're like, oh my God, I hope this person's feeling all right. I know, but it's so funny because it's like, it's like if I'm not anxious, I'm like anxious for someone else. So I'm just like, is this just my life? You can have no rest. <laughs> No rest. <laughs> yeah. I'm just always looking for someone to be anxious for. I'm like, okay, yep, found them. Okay, question for you. Do you Can you watch TV shows where people are doing, like, cringe things? Like, how are you watching mm. The Office? Because I feel mm. like Michael Scott is, the like, the king of secondhand embarrassment for a lot of people. I can totally watch episodes of, like, scripted shows like that where they're acting. But, like, the, the prank shows, Impractical Jokers. Okay, it's essentially these four guys who are, like, they're constantly basically daring each other to 
to go do ridiculous things in public. But they're they're always humiliating themselves and each other. Oh my god! And the I, the pain I feel. I can't. I have to like turn shows like that off because I am just sitting there like I'm just melting, <laughs> crippled, oh, crippled. I'm just melting in my seat. So if I know it's fake, I'm always like I, I can just totally take that. It just I don't even think about it. It just doesn't affect me physically. If I'm watching something, got it. That I know is real, and I'm just like like on TikTok. If I get to a video and I just know someone is about to do something really embarrassing, <laughs> I like. I feel it physically. I'm just like, no, nope, oh can't. God. Yeah, I'm like, no, not gonna do it. I'm in a good place, Sydney. Don't go there. <laughs> like, yeah, just swipe, swipe past, yeah, swipe past. Pretend like it's not happening. That is, that's incredible, man. I like, I feel like that's such an empathetic response from you. So, like, thank you for feeling things super, super hard for everyone else. <laughs> Love it. Maybe I'm just dead inside, so I feel nothing. <laughs> no, what are those? There's like, a, what are they called? Highly sensitive persons. That's what people always DM me about. If I like, if I mention something, they're always like, I think that you're an HSP, and I'm like, oh god, I, I don't need to go to my therapist. Being like, am I an HSP? <laughs> She's like, yeah, like, we've been trying to talk to you about that for years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's oh like, my god. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I just accepted that, like, when I start, I mean, not even accepted, like, I just want to, maybe, maybe it's excitement mm. that gets me past all that. Like, I'm just so stoked on trying new things, and it brings me so much freaking joy that I don't even think about the fact that I'm going to look dumb. Like, because also, like, what is looking dumb? Like, everyone has to start somewhere, you know? Oof, and it's like, yeah. I just don't think that I've... I don't know. Yeah, I don't really care about looking stupid because, like, I know I'm not stupid and I'm having fun, so like, who cares? <laughs> right. You know? I know I'm not stupid. Well, also, to be clear, just so everyone knows, you listed them very quickly. All of those things that Melody said, you've done pretty much since I've known you, which has only been two years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've... And you're about to you're about to get your motorcycle license as well, which is just like random. Yeah. But also, you said she you put your hands as if you were on a motorcycle, and you said I saw like vroom vroom, and I said I wanted yep. <laughs> like I just want to do this, and I was like, it, and then you did, and then you just did, which is like it's... so cool of you. I feel Thank like you. the reason why I feel like this is important to talk about because well, also going into my next question. It's, I feel like uh, adults in particular have a really hard time starting new hobbies because whether it's like kids or mm. running a business or whatever you're doing or you work full time like from the road or wherever as well. It just gets like timely. Like it might sound nice, but on a day to day, like living basis, you're just like, oh, didn't have time today. Maybe tomorrow. Didn't have time today. Okay, maybe next week. Yeah, totally. So, what is your best advice when it comes to like making, like, because you do work full time and you have like other things going on? What's your best advice for someone who like struggles prioritizing the time or just like, you know, making time for themselves and to start something new? Because I feel like that's something. I feel like that's super hard for people. Yeah, I, that's a really, it's, I feel like that's something that always happens in life. And well, so with all of the, like all of the caveats that like, I am a single woman, I don't have a partner, I don't have children, I have a really flexible job as well too. So like all of those mm. things immediately put me, I feel like heads and tails above people who might have like a stationary job or who have like a family. So like they don't have, not all of their time is purely dedicated to their like hobbies, you know? <laughs> so like I can fill my right. time however I want. And that's like a huge leg up just period. But for me, I feel like the shift in my mentality over the last couple of years has been that it's not like that, like hobbies are all a cart on my life. And there's like a base level of shit I have to take care of. It's like hobbies are now so integrated into my life that it's just mm -hmm. part of my fabric, if that makes sense. So like flying is a thing that I wanted to do because yeah. so I went up to Alaska and everybody like flies all the time in Alaska because you can only get to one third of the state by roads. So in my mind, if I'm spending more time in Alaska, which I really hope to do quite soon, then like it would be like a mechanism of getting around and it'd be a way of exploring. And it's like an extension of my life lived nomadically. So that seemed like an appropriate hobby to add on. So it's like, great. Now I can fly other places and see more things. It's like pushing the van life envelope mm -hmm. further in a way where it's like, you can just see more. And so for me, I have like, in my like goals for the year, it's like fly this many hours or like get these kinds of endorsements just because like, it's a thing I want to nurture in my life. So instead of seeing it as like, well, my nine, you know, my week's Monday through Friday are like my job. It's like Monday, I'm going to do my like one client and then Tuesday, I'm going to go fly for a couple hours. And then Wednesday I'm working for a client, you know, so I'm trying to just like mix it in feel. So it feels like the natural fabric of my life. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, I feel like people struggle that with that regardless, even like, even when I was a single woman living in the van, just with dogs and stuff, I feel like it's really easy for me to get into the routine of like, I would be working throughout the day. And then I just 
wouldn't want to do something later like i would just want to relax and chill and hang and then Mm -hmm. i feel like the more the more that that becomes your routine not that there's anything wrong with that by the way like i love hanging and just chilling in the van love a chilling i'm a taurus love a chill yeah (laughs) love a chill so yeah i just feel like once that once that becomes your routine you struggle more and more digging yourself out of that and being like making time for things like i feel like even now i can write yoga on my to-do list every single day of the week and i like might go one time because it's just like it's so easy on a busy day to be like "Mm, that's the one thing that's gotta go and it's that i know but isn't that crazy because that's gonna be the thing that might make you the happiest that day it's like it feels like all of these beautiful like add-ons feel like a la carte some way yeah and so like that's been a huge mental shift for me to try to just be like no that that is part of your like you have to do this fold it's like Mm -hmm. on my checklist to get done for the day is like all of these other things that maybe i would have put as like that like super easy to to shove off the top list yeah Yeah, it's hard i don't know it takes like constant struggle every day because it's so easy to just i know it's easy to not and maybe it's about finding things that you're like genuinely stoked to do as well too like i can't Mm -hmm. wait to get to some of these things it doesn't feel like a chore yeah for sure so yeah okay first of all i want to dive into being a pilot because first of all henry would kill me if i did not (laughs) but it's like the biggest thing ever i mean you just like casually went and got your pilot's license and so i'm just curious what like what did that entail what did that what was that experience like for someone who doesn't i don't know somebody who wasn't dreaming of being a pilot all their life and then that's what they did for college you know what i'm saying or like that's yeah (laughs) it's not necessarily your career path but it's something that you wanted to do and so i'm just curious how you went about doing that how'd you find where to do it like what did that look like yeah oh my god okay so like no i did not dream of becoming a pilot when i was a child i like grew up flying a lot because my family lives all over and so i guess like i kind of reverse engineered it through learning how to fly a plane i realized oh i really like flying (laughs) or like like that was just something that was already in Mm. me but no i it really it was alaska so summer of 2021 me and two of my girlfriends went and um, rented a house for a month in alaska we like made these plans when we were like in hawaii which was hilarious we like went to hawaii the beginning of the winter that year and we were on the beach drinking margaritas and someone goes should we go to alaska too and so that's just like how we decided Love that. <laughs> but while i was up there we actually went on this flight seeing tour around denali and it was my first time that was in like a smaller plane like a prop plane and the pilot was like, hey, we have enough, like, you know, work actually right at capacity. I need someone to ride in the, the right seat in the front with me. Who wants to ride in the cockpit? And, like, I was literally like a child, like, hands shot up so fast. I was <laughs> like, me, I would love to do that. So sat in the front, and I really remember the moment, like, we were taxiing, and I started kind of just watching him. And I was like, what is he doing? Like, I'm just so curious. Like, what the, what do you, what knobs are you pushing? What are you saying into the, like, the microphone? Like, what, what, what does it even take to take a plane off? And then, like, Honestly, the second we were airborne, I was like hooked. Mm. And we did a glacier landing in Denali, which was like, I was like losing my ever loving mind. <laughs> it was so freaking cool. And then, like, I just remember thinking, like, holy shit, we just flew a plane up here. Like, right. it's not even a big plane or a special plane. It's just like a plane with skis on it. Like, people just do this. Like, right. that's insane. And I was hooked from then. Did you feel any fear about being in that plane or potentially flying one yourself? No, not at all. Like, literally, all I felt was like, I'm literally getting secondhand adrenaline. I'm like sitting here being like, oh my God, I remember what it feels like. (laughs) Oh my God. No, I, it was hilarious actually. Before you take off in a plane, they have to legally tell you what's like in, like what survival gear is in the plane. And I remember him saying like, all right, we've got enough food for 10 days. We've got like, you know, like uh, tents and backpacks and, and sleeping bags and stuff. And I turned to my friend and I was like, cool, cool, cool. So when we get up there, we're stealing all of the supplies and we're just staying on the glacier. Like that's what we're doing. And I was joking, but then like, no, I never wanted the flight to end. And so as soon as we landed, I mean, all of our brains were exploding. It was so beautiful. And that's kind of when it started, like, I started hatching the plan where I'm like, I want to do this next summer. Insane. So yeah, I like was obsessed with it immediately from that flight on. And Alaska is like a great place to learn how to fly planes. And so found an accelerated program Mm. um, in a town called Palmer to fly around Alaska is the name of the school. Plug, plug. And I got my pilot's license in four weeks and it would have been two or three, but we had a lot of weather days. So like so intense, so quick. It was like very Mm. military style learning and you're like flying three times a day and studying your ass off at night. But like you learn how to fly a dang plane (laughs) when you're just hitting it that hard. And it was unreal. It still is one of those things where like when I'm flying a plane, I'm like, who's letting me do this? Like who allowed me to do this? (laughs) 
<laughs> literally, that's how I feel. Sometimes I, I look at these, I'm like, how, how are you just doing that? I don't know. I mean, but I guess once you understand how a plane works, I feel like a lot of the fear would go away. Yeah, it's just like, this sounds so simple, but it's like, it's just physics. Like taking off in a plane is one of mm -hmm. the most surreal things because the plane wants to take off. Like you want, you're generating lift. You're going down like a runway at 60 mm -hmm. miles an hour and you have two big flat things on either side of your, like, of your plane. It wants to take off. You barely even have to touch anything. Right. And then landing is the harder part, unsurprisingly. But yeah, once you realize how you can like kind of manipulate energy up there, it becomes just super fun and really, really enjoyable. Do you remember what it felt like the first time that you did it all by yourself? You were the only one in the plane. Like what was that? Ex walk me through that experience. Oh my God. <sighs> okay. So you have to have 40 hours to become a private pilot. And then somewhere around like the 10 mark, 10 hour mark, you do what's called your first solo. And that's when you're in the plane for the first time by yourself. And so you do three takeoffs and three landings by yourself. And like, I, it's hilarious because 10 hours just seems like so little time to be <laughs> so, so little, little time. And I remember having... You definitely have to have more to drive a car, which I guess makes sense because there's so many people like on the road right next yeah. to you. But like to fly a plane 10 hours, I mean, I'm just... It's yeah. And I'm like, I hope that I'm getting that right. Like it's probably it's somewhere between like 10 to 15, maybe actually more closer to 15, but it still feels really fucking fast. And so... <laughs> Right, 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 yeah, right. So I remember the day that it was, I was supposed to solo. I had done a night flight the night before that, which night in Alaska in July is like 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. So we had done like a big night flight mm. and then I would be like slept in and then I was doing my solos the day after. And that was, you're talking about nerves. Like that was actually the first time where I was like, yeah are you as an adult prepared to make this decision? It's not like you mm. have to, like you could tell people that you're not ready if you don't feel ready, but then you like just check in. I just checked in with my body. I was like, you can do this. You can fucking do this. Yeah. You've been doing this. Like you're great. You're fine. It's three laps around the practice field. You've done this a million times, mm -hmm. but I do remember having to force myself to look at the empty seat next to me when I took, when I like got off the ground. Cause I had to like literally tell my brain, like, bitch you are landing this plane and if you don't yeah. land this plane you are dead <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah so first lap i remember just being pretty worked up and i was just saying i was speaking everything out loud i was like doing a full monologue out loud mm -hmm. in the plane to myself like all of the checklists all of the things like you know what you're doing landed took off again second lap was better floundered a landing and had to go do a go around which is basically like i didn't feel like i had it like safely and so i just gunned mm -hmm. up and went around again and then by the time I did my third lap, I was just loving it. It was like, oh my God, oh I'm flying a plane. This is so sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It was great. I cannot even imagine. That is just the coolest thing. <laughs> so every so often you have to fly so many hours because things are always changing elaborate on what the hell I just said <laughs> because we talked about this in depth and I'm just don't recall the exact details but I remember the conversation and I do know what I'm saying but like I'm just trying to trigger the thought in your head and I know you know what I, I know mean. exactly what you're talking about yeah <laughs> so like to keep your license current and to be able to like carry passengers with you you have to do three takeoffs and three landings every 90 days like per the FAA so on the road it's been really interesting because I've been trying to really I've been around the Southwest for the last couple months. And so it's been easier to find like airfields to do that in. And then I luckily, one of the teachers from my flight school in Alaska also owns a flight school down in Phoenix, which is where my parents live. So every time I pop back to see them, I'll like go do a flight with her, mm. which has been really, really nice. Yeah. So three takeoffs, three landings every 90 days to stay current to carry passengers, which is good. I mean, like 90 days is a long time to go without flying, especially as a right. new pilot. And so like every time I get back up in the plane, I'm like, oh. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. So exciting. I mean, that really is one of the coolest things I feel like any of my friends have done. I mean, honestly, thank you. <laughs> it's just very unique. It's super different. I feel, you know, I, my, I have very cool friends. Everyone's doing very cool things, but like, I don't have any other friends who are just like, I'm like watching their Instagram stories and you're just like 12 hour day studying for pilot school. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, of course she is. Honestly, <laughs> like, what if, like who, who even am I? <laughs> so cool. Okay. Well, so also, I want to know about Alaska. It's one of the places I have not been in my van, even though I feel like I've been to so many places. Yeah. Henry and I's goal is to go there this year in the vans, which it was also our goal last year. We did not make it there last year, exactly. just timing wise. Yeah. Uh, but we would really love to go either, uh, hopefully this year, but if not, we're definitely making it there at some point. So what was your experience like? I know you went the first time for the month Airbnb friends, then for flight school, you were there for like months. 
Yeah, I was there for like four months last year, but I ended up caravanning up with like five other van friends. Mm -hmm. So we like met up in Montana in like mid-May, and then we just kind of made the journey up. We took, I think, about a month to get up there, which was awesome. And honestly, it's like 40, it's like 40 to 60 hours, depending on where you start. So like, it's a haul. You go all the way up through Canada, and that's just bonkers beautiful, like... British Columbia does not quit. It's so beautiful. (laughs) I just want to go so bad. I've never been there either. You really, honestly, you should, I mean, you have such a huge year, but like if you do end up going up this summer, it's like, it's the most beautiful. So yeah, British Columbia is gorgeous. You go up through a little bit of Alberta as well too. And then Yukon, which Yukon is one of those places where like, I just never really given it much thought. Mm -hmm. And then the second I was up there, I was like, holy sh, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. It's remote. It's gorgeous. I was like obsessed with it. I feel like I want to go back and spend some time there. But so yeah, the drive up is gorgeous on the Alcan and then or the Alaska Canada Highway I think that's what it stands for then I was in Alaska for four months until end of September so like saw the full summer go which was super beautiful got to do like a little bit of like touring around but not as much as the year previous because of flight school Mm -hmm. and then I drove all the way back down I like waited for the first snow essentially and then I drove back down Mm. because I was not equipped (laughs) for the the freaking snow. What did you see any like crazy animals? What did you see? Did you see any wildlife? Oh yeah. So Alaska is just bonkers. It's so beautiful. It's so varied. There's like a million different ecosystems and everything is just huge. So yeah, like moose, grizzly bears, orcas, humpback whales. There's like, you saw orcas and humpback whales. Yeah, dude. We went on this marine tour down in Valdez, I think. And we went, uh, it was like an all day thing. And we were like, Ugh, puffins. Puffins are so cute and so stupid, by the way. And you know that if puffins eat too much, they cannot take off from the water. Like, they just, their little bellies are so fat that they can't. They're too heavy to get up. And so we watched a bunch of puffins not get in the air. It was great. Oh my God, that's And so then, fun. yeah, there's just tons of freaking wildlife. And then this past summer, I actually went out. I went fishing for halibut for the first time and black codfish. Mm. And that was so much fun such a blast oh my god how freaking cool i would love to well i want to see a grizzly bear for sure but also a moose i don't think i saw i don't know what i'm talking about i've never seen any of the animals that you said (laughs) even up in the pacific northwest i feel like you get some moose yeah there's definitely moose up there i think but i've never seen one we've seen like i've seen a lot of black bears and i've seen a lot of like I think like elk. I, the coolest thing I think I've honestly, well, other than bison, I really love bison in Montana, but one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and I have a video of it, it's so sick. We were in <laughs> the, like in between Yellowstone and Grand Tetons-ish like area, which is my favorite place on the planet. Yeah. And I we walked to like a ledge, we were parked nearby and we walked to this ledge and we just saw, um, it was like sunset. It was just like the most picturesque thing. We saw like 30 to 50 wild horses just like running as a pack. Oh like God. they were all escaping the woods, like running towards, I don't even know what, like they were just like running and people, I talked to people and they said that they've seen that same pack of wild horses, like in that area before. And they just always run as a group. I saw like five emerging from the woods and I was like, is that someone's private property down there? And then there was like 30 more that just came out of the woods and they all just took off running. And I was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, You're like I could just drop I, dead right now. I feel yeah, great. Not like 40 wild horses, like in the Grand Tetons, please. But yes, I would love to see orcas and, and whales and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of cool stuff you can see down in Mexico as well. So I would really love to get on a boat and like see some stuff there too. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the, the orcas Orcas in Alaska were definitely one of those moments where, so like we were on this boat for most of the day and then I feel like the captain came on the, uh, like on the overhead speaker and he was like, hey, so actually no, it was a she, it was a she pilot. I should really be better about that. So she <laughs> came on and she was like, I just got a radio from one of my friends in a small fishing boat that there's a pod of orcas that's like off the coast. If you guys have 15 minutes on the end of this trip, like we can gun it. And I think that we'll be able to see them. And literally everyone on the boat unanimously was like, let's go. Yes. And so we went and there were like, maybe like one other charter boat had kind of gotten the same call. And so there were two of us just kind of like floating out there and then like out of nowhere. And like Sydney, it was literally like, we're looking back at this glacier that's like huge glacier that's cascading into the ocean and like this pod of orcas comes up like right in front of us and I was like (gasps) just so stinking beautiful like I I, I almost started crying it was unbelievable just like the vastness of everything up there is so unreal I hope to spend at least like one to two years there soon (laughs) yeah how cool have you ever seen the northern lights yeah, I saw the Northern Lights. It was... Oh my God, what a life you're living. I, that was... Honestly, that was kind of a like, I don't know how the hell that even happened. It was... Oh, right. 
you said you were sitting on the back of your van just like eating something just like yeah. looking at <laughs> well i did like so i did know that the like some one of my friends in alaska had texted me that the like the kp scale which is how they measure like intensity of the like electro storms that come off of the sun they were like the kp scale is super high tonight and tomorrow if you can find a place that and like it had been raining for like two weeks straight they're like if you can drive to find a place with clear sky you'd probably see the northern lights tonight and i was like cool so i packed up the van and i drove i think like three and a half hours north i was using like some of the aviation maps Ooh. i like just learned how to <laughs> learn how to read and i found a freaking spot by a river and it was clear until like three in the morning and it, i saw the northern lights and i was just dumbfounded like sitting on the you're right sitting on the back of my van just staring up at the sky just like i didn't even cry because i was just like stunned just yeah. like unbelievable no words what is even happening it was me alone in the middle of alaska just staring up at the <laughs> staring up at the northern lights and i was like i can't believe this is my life yeah like we get to do so much cool stuff it's insane yeah that is so amazing i am hoping for as many of those experiences as i can get when we would be in alaska but yep. my parents also love alaska they've gone a few times and i don't know if they i don't think they've ever seen the northern lights i think they've seen quite a bit of wildlife but i would love to i, I just want them to experience that so badly i know my mom it's like my mom's life dream to see them and I also just it's like such a gift I feel like every time someone gets to see them like it's you're just like how is this even happening I mean I've only seen them and seen it in pictures I feel like you think it's maybe not real until you see it yourself you're like is, is everyone lying uh -huh. like how, why is the sky lime green <laughs> I just don't it doesn't yeah, you're like this doesn't cognitively it makes no sense right. but the way that you just put that like you really do feel like it's a gift like it was hit or miss whether I had just kind of like mm -hmm. done like driven for nothing or for something something and when it starts happening i mean it also i would say that i can't wait until you see them because i want to talk to your like i want to just talk your ear off mm -hmm. about it but your brain almost isn't like sure of what's going on you're like that's not but that's not no it doesn't make sense and then right. you stare at it for a little bit longer and you're like oh no no this is definitely happening like i'm pinching myself it's happening yeah it, yeah it still doesn't make sense feels like a brain. dream kind of <laughs> yeah like lucid dreaming or like a trip or something <laughs> oh my god how cool okay well so what are your plans for the rest of the year any hobbies on the horizon any plans any travels where are you going what are you doing oh man so yeah first two months of the year were super slow and then literally my drive today kicked off the like next whole year so mm -hmm. we got a lot coming up motorcycle license this weekend and then i'm doing uh, a girls only motorcycle weekend at the end of march with one of my mm. other friends it's called babes ride out oh my god that is <laughs> so, so we're gonna cool. do that. <laughs> i'm like i'll literally be such a gumby talk about like not knowing what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> so good i'll be freshly minted and then some east coast in april and then back I'm getting my tailwheel endorsement, which for pilots is just being able to fly a plane with landing gear on the back of the plane. So I can do like off airport landing. I'm getting my tailwheel endorsement this year. I'm doing my float plane endorsement this year too. So I can land on water, which will be <gasps> really cool. <laughs> Honestly, that's my nightmare. That is my literal nightmare. Your nightmare, girl. Let's go to the freaking Caribbean and let's like go like island hopping. That'll be great. Oh my God. Well, I honestly, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. That would be kind of amazing. I just have such a fear of drowning. I would be so nervous to be landing on water <laughs> like what if it just doesn't stop when it hits the yeah, water that's a, that's a fair i should yeah that's probably something you should think about but i'm just like again i'm just like cool let's go right yeah i love that yeah so that so speaking of alaska i am relocating to alaska moving is a weird word because we don't live anywhere but i'm relocating to alaska for at least a year uh end of august so I'll be there for the whole winter. So let's see some Northern Lights if you want to come up. Yeah, would love to. What are your plans? Are you going to be in the van that whole year? So I think what I'm going to do is well, I'm going to take the ferry up. So you can take a ferry from Washington up to uh, Anchorage. And so like since I drove the Alcan last year, like up and back, I'm kind of trying to avoid that again because it's very long. So I'm going to take a boat up there. I'll probably rent a place for the winter just because like winters are so brutal. And then hopefully do van life during the summer. And then who knows? I'll take it day by day after that and see if I'll rent a spot or buy some land or something up there but I'm like obsessed with it. It's so awesome. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you're making me want to go. I know Henry already is dying to go. And I told him, he was like, are you doing the podcast today? And I was like, yeah. And he said, with who? And I go, Melody. And he was like, is that Alaska? I go, yes, that's Alaska. Oh my God. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, okay, well just personally, I really just want to know all about Alaska. So you should ask her about Alaska. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I will ask Love her. I like that that's what I'm synonymous with nowadays. I know. Well, he's honestly just god-awful with names. Like, I, I feel like I'm that girlfriend who's in the ear, and I'm like, okay, that this is this person, this is this person. He remembers everyone's faces. Like, he knows who we've met, and he knows a lot of their stories. It's like, for some reason, their names. So I was like, I'm going to be doing with Melody. He goes, is that Alaska? I was like, 
Mm-hmm. That is her. <laughs> That's cool. Her. Thanks, Henry. <laughs> Maybe Mel would have been different. Melody is so weird too. Hearing that come out of yeah, your mouth true. instead of Mel, so strange. I know, true. <laughs> I do also always call you Mel, but my notes at the very top say Melody Podcast, so I feel like that's what I've been calling you this entire time. I love it. My full name. Yeah. Wait, what's your? You said what's your middle name? I feel like we've talked about this before. You and your sister have like super hippie names. We do. So my name is Melody Sky Burdett, which is why my Instagram handle is Mel Ski Bird mm. or Melody Sky Burdett. And then my little sister is Raina Sage. So she's yeah, very Ew. very. <laughs> I love that. I love your parents. They just sound very cool. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I can't wait to see you. I hope I get to see you in Alaska. Yeah, dude. One, let's make it happen. And two, we'll definitely see each other before then, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. True. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone. This was Mel slash Mel Ski Bird. <laughs> I will put her Instagram and where to find her and everything on the podcast notes. And wherever you're listening to this, it'll say that in the little paragraph below. But yes, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was so good to catch up with you. Always. Thanks for having me. Oh, this has been of so course. much fun. Yes. <laughs> okay. Bye.